Irish jail cell of a time gone by to haunted halls and ghostly cries. Come one, come all, come finders and seekers. Come hear the creepy side of me. Welcome to the creepy side of Nipa. My name is Dan Kozlowski. On today's episode, we're going to dive into some of the creepier stories surrounding Scranton, Pennsylvania, otherwise known as the Electric City. Joining us in the studio today is Joyce from the Lackawanna Historical Society, which is planning a Scranton After Dark Ghost Walk. Welcome to the studio, Joyce. Thank you. What I'd like to discuss today is some of the more creepier facts that you would find on your ghost walk. Okay. Well, remember, Scranton is a very, very old city. Mm -hmm. Maybe not old by European standards, but certainly it's in the eastern part of the United States, and it's old by U.S. standards. So the oldest building, for example, in downtown dates from 1860. So in these old buildings, in old surroundings like this, you're going to have paranormal activity. You're going to have a possibility of legends, of ghosts, of, of again, paranormal activity, of, of spirits that have been there and artifacts, and they've never left the area. Of so course, something we're going to have that all old. that. Something that old is yep. going to have possibly a presence still Again, these are legends. We can't say they're true, but there's lots and lots of stories of the downtown, creepy stories. Um, Did you know that we we have some evidence that there was a gallows on Courthouse Square? And so we talk about. No, a lot of people don't. The courthouse is one of the areas where we've noticed some, again, legends of paranormal activity. There's stories of a woman in white, a ghostly presence that's in some of the halls of the courthouse, and people have felt a presence. They think they've seen her again. These are legends. And of course, yeah. So again, legends. And um, there, there were gallows on Courthouse Square, and we can, we're going to talk about that, too, during the tour. We'll, we'll show you where we think they were. And, okay. uh, so they had hangings talk right about there on Courthouse Square. Early 1900s. Cannot say a lot, but, right. but, there's, um, but there's some evidence of that. Okay. And so some of those spirits may still be there. You just don't know. The one thing I want to say, too, about spirits, of course, you know, we, we do a lot of reading around Halloween about spirits, and, and I've done a lot of reading before this uh, Scranton After Dark tour. Every spirit isn't a bad spirit, remember. There are mm-hmm. lots of people, you know, again, that were, had happy, happy, you know, events in the area, and they, they, they make them back. Maybe they were happy there. Okay, we can't say that about the gallows or about, right, about things like that, but, you know, there are many people that may still have, have a presence in an area in an old building or artifacts, and they're still there. Of course, something that just sort of hung around the area, something that they're familiar with when they were still alive. That's exactly right. There, uh, there's, uh, <clears throat> again, there's many stories. Many years ago, I went to, it was about 15 years ago, I went to a paranormal investigation at the library. The Albright Library? The Albright okay. Library, right, and that's a very old building. And um, pe- there were several people on my tour a couple of years ago that told me that they had had stories, they had been inside, and they had heard books falling, things like that. But years ago, I went to a paranormal, uh, to, a, to a presentation there, um, and we saw all sorts of, um, 
oh, some evidence of spirits, orbs. Again, we can't say if it's true. Things course, are only yep. legends. But there were people that actually slept in the library, and we saw the evidence of of uh, the, oh. uh, the 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 ghost investigators that that were there. So that was part of the investigation. Spending yes, it the was. Night yes, it was spending the night in the library. This is years ago. Um, Cultural Center, Scranton Cultural Center, a wonderful building dating from the 1920s, 1930. And there's some evidence of, um, there's a ghostly figure, uh, a man in, with a black robe oh, okay. that, that may visit the library in the Cultural Center. Again, we have other stories of the Cultural Center, we'll tell you, when we're walking on our tour. Where is the library located? On the second floor, I believe, right? Or third? Well, no, no, this, this is the Albright Library, so it would be the whole building. I was talking about the Cultural Center. Oh, the Cultural yep. Center, second floor. Okay. Second floor. And how about some of the other stops on your on the ghost walk downtown? Oh, we have a restaurant where there's some evidence that uh, there may be ghostly spirits. Um, there may have been a morgue in the basement. Um, <clears throat> I did hear that the Scranton area was hit by the flu back in the... 1800s, I believe? It was 19, about 1917, 1918 okay. would have been the Spanish influenza. And um, there was a Scranton Primary Hospital. And they took care of many hundreds of patients that were flu patients. And, and many, unfortunately, passed away. And so we, they had to keep up with it. And so there were uh, makeshift morgues that were around the city. And maybe there's some ghostly apparitions from those areas. Maybe somebody that never left. Yeah, you never know. And this is in the basement of some of the of uh, restaurants and some of the buildings downtown. So we'll talk about that a little more when we get there. So there's just so many bodies, I guess, at a time they kept them in the basement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because remember, you had you, you had to wait a while to to uh, to bury the bodies. And I guess the basement was the coolest part of the building. It's the coolest part of the building. I, I guess that makes sense. Well, there's another stop on the tour which I think is very interesting: the Colonnade. We all know the uh, the restaurant and event space. No, that's on Jefferson Avenue, Jefferson, right? near okay. the University of Scranton. When they were restoring the building, they had before and after pictures. And guess what? The before picture was just showing the old building. And mm-hmm. when they developed it, and we see an after picture, there was a little boy who showed up on the front steps, a little boy oh. in white that wasn't there before. Again, you know, spirits often come back to places where they were happy. Mm-hmm. We. We have this fixation on haunted and it's creepy and right. Friday the 13th. But spirits sometimes come back to where they're happy. And so maybe this little boy and his mother or his family were, was, was happy there. And so maybe there's some evidence of that. Right. It isn't necessarily always creepy. It could it's be a happy experience. It's not always creepy. It doesn't. People have that. You know, the paranormal doesn't have to be creepy. It doesn't have to be evil. Right. It could. It doesn't have to be things jumping out at you. It could be somebody that's a presence that was very happy there. There's a little girl that we've we've heard about, heard in the cultural center, that comes back to visit, and she was happy there. Maybe she saw a play there many many years ago, and it was happy, and she just wants to go back and experience that again. Again, there's some happy. Right. It's just something you don't know. Something you just don't know. Yep. And another place I would like to at least mention about, since it's the Halloween season, is the Jason Miller statue. Okay, yes. The Exorcist. Yep. Um, Since it's located right there on uh, Spruce Street, right? On Courthouse Square? Courthouse Square. Well, we don't have a lot of evidence of any paranormal activity there, but you don't know. And um, I saw The Exorcist downtown. It was at the Center Theater, I believe. And, um, you know, so that's a pretty scary movie. And just having that statue there, Jason Miller, and just think about The Exorcist. Halloween is coming. Of course, just that tie to the city itself. That's exactly right. 
There's, you know, again, the Catlin House. That is one right now that we could talk about. Lots of paranormal. That's the the headquarters of the Lackawanna Historical Society. That's right up on uh, the university campus, right? University of Scranton campus. And there are, oh my gosh, people have heard... um, Steps coming down the stairs. We have we've heard that. There's a room upstairs where there's some paranormal activity. Um, so again, we're going to talk about that on the tour. So these are just some I mentioned: the Catlin House, the Cultural Center. Um, we have some hotels downtown where there's uh, some haunted presence of of an actress that never left, or bodies that were buried um, during the war or coming home from the war in the basement. These are all sorts of stories. Again, legends. And there, and there are Just lots of uh, fun to hear about at Halloween. A little bit on the creepy side of the Scranton area. That creepy side. Normal citizens probably won't even know about. Nope, nope. I didn't know about it until I started to read. And uh, the thing I want to say about the tours, too, is it seems that every tour, everybody's got a story. Mm-hmm. And they're convinced these stories are true. And so on every tour we give, I learn a lot. And I think we learn a lot. Right, you're always adding something to the tour. Always adding something. Somebody that was doing construction in a building, or their aunt was here, or their teacher was here and told them a story. Again, legends, but something that may be paranormal. And and we can talk about that on the tour, so it's lots of fun. The last thing I want to say is Mm -hmm. this is really a historical tour. This is a historical tour. So we're going to talk about some buildings. Um, where there's not paranormal activity, but we're just learning about the history of Scranton, the history of Lackawanna County, the history of the coal mines, the silk industry, the iron industry. So it's really a historical tour. It's not just, you know, creepy happenings downtown. You're going to learn about the history along with what might be the legends of the paranormal. So the history with a little creepy twist. Uh, cre- creepy twist. It's, it's just like in Gettysburg or New Orleans or London, any place you're going to get a tour. You're, you're going to learn the history, and then you're going to get the little little creepy side of it, the mm-hmm. creepy side of, uh, of the Lackawanna County history. So if someone was interested in coming onto the tour, how would they get more information or how would they get in touch with you? Okay. Well, uh, call the Lackawanna Historical Society. The tours are given um, every Friday in October and also the Saturday before Halloween. So it would be the Fridays in October and the Friday and Saturday before Halloween. Okay. Do call soon because these tours last year did fill up, and we expect a great turnout this year. Um, There is a cost for these tours, but there is... um, there's a, a a little lesser price if you're a Lackawanna Historical Society member. So that's a I- impetus to become a member. So are these a fundraiser for the Lackawanna Historical Society? Yes, it is. And again, it's a history tour with a creepy twist for the creepy side of uh, creepy side of northeastern Pennsylvania. And is there a website you have? Anyone wants to get any more information? Well, it's the Lackawanna Historical Society. You could uh, look that up on their website. Okay. Well, thank you for joining thank us. Thank you. Okay. Ha- have a good night. Thank you. One of the many locations mentioned in the Scranton After Dark Ghost Walk is the Scranton Cultured Center. Joining us next on the show is John Cardoni, General Manager of the Scranton Cultured Center. He joins us in the studio today to share a little on the history and creepy side of the Scranton Cultured Center. Hi, welcome to the show, John. Thanks. Pleasure to be here. Earlier we spoke with the Scranton Ghost Walk, actually the Lackawanna Historical Society's Ghost Walk, and they mentioned the Cultured Center as one of the stops on their Ghost Walk. 
Uh, I was just wondering if you could just touch a little bit on the history of the building and then maybe get into some creepy facts, some creepy stories maybe passed down through the staff. Okay. Uh, well, certainly uh, anyone who's been to Scranton recognizes the building as the old Masonic Temple. It's a very it's iconic a, building downtown. Absolutely. Uh, designed by uh, architect uh, Raymond Hood, who uh, designed the uh, Chicago Tribune building, the New York Daily News building, and was one of the lead architects on Rockefeller Center shortly before his death. So, uh, so he did a lot of, of iconic buildings. Yeah. Uh, and this was uh, a contest that he won. The Masons were running uh, to build, design and build a new home for their various lodges and offices in the city of Scranton. Okay. They had formerly been housed in the old Scranton Armory, which was in the uh, 300 block of Adams shortly. Uh, okay, I believe that's still away. there, right? No, that was torn down. Oh, okay. Uh, it became eventually, a, I think, a Sears catalog store, and now there's a couple of service agency buildings in that location. I think I was thinking of the Armory then on Jefferson Avenue, where it right. is now. That's the okay. old uh, Watrous Armory, which opened to replace the Scranton Armory. So right. there's great legacy around here of all that. Uh, but the Cultural Center uh, broke ground in 27 and opened in 1930 for both private Masonic use and public use. And, of course, with the Masons comes a lot of supposed mystery and secrecy. So it's ripe for stories to grow up over. Correct, yeah. And uh, the Masons themselves contributed to that in the early 1930s when stories started to um, leach out into the public, as it were, and eventually reach publication levels in letters to the editor of noises and things that go bump in the night in the cultural center, well, then the Masonic Temple. Right. Uh, and uh, it led to the secretary of what's known as the Valley of Scranton, the organizational structure for all of the Masonic lodges in the area, to issue a uh, contradiction letter, uh, letter to the editor in one of the Scranton papers in 19... 19- I believe 31 or 32. So that's pretty early in the building yet. Absolutely. Saying it's natural for you to hear noises because the building's new and it's settling and right. so on and so forth. Those stories persisted for quite some time. And to this day, every once in a while, I'll, I'll hear a Lodge brother say something about having been in a meeting and could have sworn that somebody was in the room with him, uh, whether oh, that's yeah. just hyperextended sensitivity because they were in the room alone and it's dark and it's eerie or whether they actually felt something. I can't say I wasn't there, but I, I have experienced that in the building on time, uh, on occasions rather, where we are uh, late, th- late at night doing some operation and you walk through a darkened room and the little hairs stand up and you just, you just get uh, that creepy feeling. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not... I'm not creeped out by it, but certainly alerted that <laughs> yep. uh, there's something there. And, and there's also the the physical nature of a building. When you enclose a large space and you put somebody in it, your senses get heightened because you're trying to get feedback from walls that aren't nearby anymore. Right. But that doesn't explain why it happens in small rooms like our library. So. <laughs> yeah, I think she touched on a story in the library and another one that happened, I believe, in the theater. Well, the library story is uh, probably the older of the ones that we are familiar with. Uh, The library, when it was under Masonic control, literally was a library for use by the Masons and and other Masonic members. Where is the library located in the building? It's on the second floor. It's now known as the Governor Casey Memorial Library in honor of the late governor who uh, was responsible for the initial grant that helped us form the Scranton Cultural Center at the Masonic Temple. Uh, But Back then, it had a reading table and several uh, comfortable chairs, and the mm-hmm. Masons could go in and read. And dress in those days for Masonic members was a dark suit and tie, and officers wore tuxedos. 
So on one particular occasion, as the story goes, uh, certain members arrived early and decided to go to the library to read the day's papers. And they saw someone sitting in a chair that they did not recognize. And a couple members gestured to each other to step outside because it was a silence policy in the library. Okay. And asked if anybody knew who the new member was, and they didn't. So they went back in to ask him to come outside, and he was gone. And that was the only exit probably where they were standing, right? Well, that's just it. It's not. Uh, there is a hidden exit in the room. Oh, there's a hidden exit that, in the room? That leads to offices. So you can sort of debunk it and say, okay, guys, look, there was another exit. But it leads to offices. And those offices were occupied. Right. Somebody would have saw him leave. Right. Exactly. So there was no record of anyone seeing him according to the story. And that uh, eventually also made it into the Scranton papers. Uh, so that story was used. Uh, by one of our local uh, magicians, Damien the Magician, to form okay. the basis of a show he called The Final Houdini Seance, where he used the library and the, the lore of that story about trying to contact people from the, the beyond, as uh, Houdini did, or promised he would do, rather, right. uh, and uh, was never able to pull that off, apparently. Uh, so, but it led to an interesting show where he got to sh- share some of the lore about the building. So he did that show right in the, the library. Exactly. Okay. And that ran for a couple of years. Uh, it was a very nice entertainment. Uh, as a counter to that today, because we have uh, all these investigative techniques that are out there for mm-hmm. paranormal investigations, uh, we have a group called the Wyoming Valley Ghost Tours that now conduct regular paranormal research uh, outings in the building once a month. And oh, okay. they get a group of you know, 25 to 30 people together. They e- equip them, explain the equipment, and we set them loose in the b- building in the dark at night and <laughs> let them that have their That sounds like an interesting uh, event. Yeah. I- I'm sure it is. I don't go on it. <laughs> uh, and uh, um, I'm happy to not go on it, <laughs> frankly. Uh, but they, they do conduct these. And everyone that has been on it, so it's fascinating, even if, if they don't find anything, per se, right. to see the techniques, actually get an understanding of the equipment that's being used out on all those specials. And it is and, an interesting building to explore, I'm sure. Uh, there are technically 10 stories, although the tours are only allowed on five of them because okay. the elevators don't go to all of them. But uh, 180,000 square feet of meticulously done architecture specific to, uh, to certain Masonic bodies. So you've got that lore and, and uh, allure about it. And then just the theater itself, where so much history has occurred in terms yeah. of shows here, people who've been on that stage that are no longer with us. And uh, so yep, there's a lot of people who are things. passing through the area, did a show and passed on. Right. And speaking of passing on and doing a show, that leads us to uh, one of the more famous stories of the Cultural Center. Uh, which is the spirit of a young woman uh, that has been named Sarah. And we're not quite sure why. That was, some say they, that was the sense they got from her, her spirit, mm-hmm. uh, was apparently sensed in the theater by a couple of other paranormal investigators at some type back 20-plus years ago. Uh, that's not one that I've experienced personally, and I've actually slept in the theater overnight when oh, okay. I had long engagements. <laughs> uh, but... Um, Sarah is the story that has been out and about for a long time. Of, That's uh, the more popular story? It, it is. Uh, now, there's a, a corollary to that, uh, how back in the, the day before the Cultural Center was formed, uh, one of the unionized stage crew would often open the building for the road shows, get the coffee on, so on and so forth. Right. And on this particular Sunday, uh, one of our stagehands, uh, Gene Ellis Sr., who's uh, since passed on himself, 
came in and opened the building up. And appropriately enough, we had what's known in the business as a ghost light on the stage, a single bulb on a stand uh, to keep company with the people that have passed that have been on the boards, as it were. And okay, it's an so old, sort of just keep a theater. light on in the theater old theater tradition right? Okay. Um, that carried through even into movie theaters uh, when you had to shut them down at night you'd have a work light or the ghost light as mm-hmm. it was referred to so Gene came in that particular morning and turned on a set of other lights and turned off the, the ghost light and was coiling up the cord and he happened to look out into the theater and saw a young girl sitting in one of the boxes and waved and she waved back and he walked off stage left to uh, put the light away and start the coffee and then it dawned on him that he had just opened the building. How did this right. young How woman was she get in, in there? there and walk back and there was no one there? Wow. Uh, now, that story has spread everywhere. I get school groups in on tours and they've heard that where's the ghost, where's the ghost. I believe that's the one that they mentioned with the ghost walk interview we did earlier. It, it could very well be. Now, granted, there is some history to that story with the idea of Sarah and the spirit of a young woman. Okay. But the rest of it, in terms of the stagehand and the discovery and her waving, I made up when I was taking a group of fifth graders through on a tour. (laughs) And that story, the power of the spoken word has persisted now. That version tends to be the one that you hear, Uh, although based in other people's experiences with something different. Now it's always a young schoolgirl with braids sitting in the shops. Right, it always changes a little bit when it passes on uh, through people. Just one group after another. So if nothing else, I I leave a legacy of an adapted (laughs) uh, ghost story for the building. Uh, And as I said, I've I've actually slept in one of those boxes when we've been in there very late nights and not felt any present. I think that means I'm just dull and don't sense it, or Sarah doesn't want anything to do with me because I made up the story on part of it. But we have had other paranormal investigators go through where they've seen uh, drapes move without any air current. They've found heat signatures in spaces where supposedly there shouldn't be any. Um, the the discovered sound technique where you record an empty yep, room. Yep, the EVP. Yep. Uh, there have been a number of occasions where people have come in and said, well, you can hear, and then they tell you the phrase that you're supposed to be looking for, which right. from an investigator's standpoint, you should never do. You should let the person hear it. And, uh, but all of that uh, people have experienced in the various tours that go through. And uh, I, it's a fascinating realm to me in terms of, of what people hear. And when we greet the groups that are coming through now on these tours, uh, we do explain that there have been members of both the stagehands uh, and actors who have died in the building over the years. You know, nothing uh, nefarious, but just right. uh, a gentleman had a heart attack on the stage once and passed away there. Uh, people in other areas of the building's Masonic members as well have, have passed away. Uh, so if that's what lends itself to uh, so there's haunting, some creepy past to the building. Yeah, absolutely. So some creepy past, and then just some stories that people have passed down. So I'm sure there's some kind of connection there somewhere along the lines. I, I would think so. Uh, I'm a skeptic, obviously. Uh, if, if I'm sure a, everybody you is. You know the uh, to that end, uh, and it's not that uh, I don't think it's possible. I just. I'm one of those people that either want to experience it firsthand. Right, you want some kind of or, proof firsthand. Uh, you know, just to, to be able to say, okay, now I've got something that I cannot put 
something around. The hair standing up on the back of my neck because I've freaked myself out about being alone in a dark room <laughs> where I know people have died. Uh, may not be Happens to all of us. <laughs> the, uh, the, the building, though, does lend itself to that, that air of mystery about it. That um, There's nothing quite so strange as, and wonderful at the same time as being able to stand on that stage with the, the vast open seating area in front of you and the grand ballroom behind you and the dark with just a little bit of light filtering through the windows of the ballroom and just imagine all the people that have passed on and have been on that stage. And you can't help but think, well, they're, they're, they're here in good spirit. Yep, uh, and all the history time. that went through that building over the years. That's correct. Yeah. Well, I'd like to thank you for joining us today, John. Well, not at all. My pleasure. And thank you. If uh, you find yourself in the neighborhood and want to you know, tour of some of the weirder spots, give me a shout. Uh, and for those of you listening to the podcast, you as well. Come by and say hello. We're always happy to share stories. Will do. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Creepy Side of NEPA Episode 2. Next week's guest is a local ghost investigator who has some pretty interesting EVP recordings taken from a cemetery just outside of Benton. Be sure to subscribe to the Creepy Side of NEPA. That way you will always be informed when a new podcast is available. Till next week, thanks for listening. This has been the Creepy Side of NEPA. If you have a spooky story that took place in a northeastern or central PA, send it to ghost at WNEP.com. For a chance to share it on an upcoming episode, we are dying to hear from you.